It's always to the fucking death. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. So you lie to yourself to be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. We all do it. We all go a little mad sometimes. Come on. One of you nuts has got any guts. Let's put a smile on that face. You're only as healthy as you feel. Listen to me! Listen to you by what right? Because I have a right to be, and I have a voice! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Pop Culture Case Study. Yeah, let's do it. I'm pumped. Let's let the healing begin. All right, hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Case Study, where we analyze pop culture from a psychological angle, a part of the following films network. So this week, of course, the big release is John Wick Chapter 2. And to talk about that for the second time, uh, I have uh, Mike from War Machine vs. Warhorse here. Uh, So thanks thanks for joining me on the show this week, Mike. Second time, I like how you're promoting my show. Kind right. of, kind I should of lead you right in. Driveway. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. War Machine versus Wars. We covered this with the uh, the great assassins, starring yeah. Sly Stallone and Antonio Banderas, and the horrible the assassin starring I don't know who. But I agree with is... both of those sentiments. <laughs> yes, uh, that was a fun episode. Uh, yeah, John Wick. You said it's the biggest one this weekend, but wasn't this like third? Is it? Oh, yeah, I guess for, that's like, true. It's Twitter, biggest right? for uh, people who have a thought in their head. I guess Ooh, uh, really going after the Lego Batman. Yeah, fans. Lego Batman, Fifty Shades. Nah, I'll pick. Like, imagine being the person who is like, "What's coming out this week? I think I'll watch Fifty Shades Darker." Really? I mean, Lego Batman, I could see. Will Arnett is entertaining. The first, the Lego movie did really well, and Batman was one of those memorable parts of it. But really, Fifty Shades Darker, like, you didn't get enough bullshit with the first Fifty Shades movie. You gotta, no. you gotta come back for that. Like, <laughs> that's ugh. the answer for every sequel. God. Not enough bullshit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was but, happy to see it. You know, I was happy that uh, you had three wide releases that uh, apparently all did well for their, you know, their respective audiences. That was good. It still feels true. like we're. We're leaving Oscar season, and it's now. <laughs> so people are going bullshit. to the movies. That's... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's not everything that's... can be hidden figures. Yeah, uh, you know, that's, that's, true. that's sort of the one runaway success from Oscar season. Yep, it's true. All right, uh, so um, we talked about speed earlier this week instead of speed two cruise control, as you demanded. Sadly, <laughs> there is so much material with speed two cruise control. I I demand to be on that. There's got to be another Keanu joint coming. Uh, I but hope Keanu wasn't even Wick in 30. Speed Two. <laughs> that's that is the talking point. That <laughs> is that's what you discussed the whole time, and I mean that that is the problem with that film. I don't know if Jason Patrick was ever the guy. No, I don't think so. no, God, no. <laughs> it's such a strange. It, that's a case study right there. How how did that happen? How I guess they have the same haircut at that time. Dark hair, <laughs> that's short, about it. buzz. About it. Yeah, so much. What is there to say about speed? I didn't listen to the episode. It's great, right? I <laughs> hope you just said it's great. It is. It's pretty great. We had a lot of good things to say. Keanu, control, not so much. Keanu and khakis. So I mean, how do you go wrong? All right. Uh, so John Wick Chapter Two. So, so we also kind of talked about in that episode about seeing John Wick. I actually didn't see it until it was on home video. Uh, I don't know why. I think I just missed it. And then everyone was talking about how great it was. So I was like, fine, I'll watch it. And I was just completely blown away by it. It was one of my favorite movies that year. And I just told somebody uh, in in real life, not on a podcast, so I don't know if that means it actually Doesn't happened count. or not, <laughs> that they were saying they hadn't seen the first one. And I was like, it's one of the best action movies of the last decade. And that's really where I put it. Like, it's it's different. It's fun. It's simple. It's to the point. It's, it's an action movie like we don't really have anymore. So I really enjoyed it. So for you, how did John Wick Chapter 2 compare – to the first one is it a worthy sequel in your estimation 
Well, I mean, it, it fails in every regard. Uh, if you're talking about like what what made John Wick great is part of the surprise factor, right? It's, yeah. It didn't have any prior attachments. Like, I guess you would have to go back to like maybe something like the Born Identity that right. wasn't a franchise yet. But even that is based on a series of novels. Yeah. There's a history was, there. Yeah. They were so clearly playing in Bond's territory, a modern mm-hmm. Bond, so much so that they influenced Bond the, to become yeah, what yeah, it to is become now. Jason Bond. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you're having a sequel and you're going to expand the mythology, it can't, it doesn't have any of the surprise factor. It's something that we mark our, our calendars for. We're like, all right, I'm excited for John Wick chapter two. So that was the big thing for me is how, how do they get over that? Other than just saying it's more John Wick, it's more right. bullshit. As you said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I think there's, you know, there's some trouble spots early on where I felt like, oh, they don't really, they don't really know what to do with it when it's something that we all can't relate to. Like we we certainly right. can't relate to being uh, this great assassin who is, oh, is basically that, like. Oh, is that just me? That's like you know, I, oh, okay, I just all right. I skipped that you know <laughs> class or whatever. Um, so you see him in a room and you know he's the boogeyman and all that. But what was cool about the first one was you know anyone who uh, has a dog probably uh, unless you're Michael Vick or somebody like that or even just a pet. Like a pet, yeah, a you pet. Care. It doesn't even have to be a dog. Like a pet you yes. care about, yeah. Some, yeah, something that you you care for, uh, and you know it's it's smaller than you. It's it's more innocent. Well, you project all these emotions on animals to have that taken from you, uh, have it just flat out murdered by some Game of Thrones cast off that will probably <laughs> never work again. Um, Poor Alfie yeah, Allen, he'll never. <laughs> I don't even know why he's working. I, I don't know. Maybe a secret and get a check from his sister or something. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like that that's going to be gone here, right? Right. It's just going to be like an assassin who has to do more assassin things for other assassins. So there is some remove there. And I didn't know how they'd handle it. And I think they they come close to sort of bottoming out mm. uh, at the beginning because you start to get into uh a really bad version of Sexy Beast mm. where you don't have you sure. have Ben Kingsley, you have this character coming saying do this for me. No, I won't. Do this for me. No, I won't. Do this for me. No, I won't. Okay, I'm going to punish you. And right. then it, after punishment happens, I still don't want to do it. Well, you have to. Damn it. All right. So it's like, <laughs> like we wasted a lot of time. Like, yeah, we just, there's like there's like yeah. 20 to 30 minutes where I'm like, oh, God, let's just yeah. just get on with it. it. It makes John Wick seem like a very dumb uh, character, someone who has not traveled in those circles, that world where he's just caught off guard by this. That that yeah. concerned me. Yeah. That being said before, I don't, yeah. before, you're cutting me off to sound very yeah. negative. I will say once it gets past that is a right. very good action movie. It is very entertaining. Yes, uh, I totally agree with that. I think it's I really did like this movie a lot. Um, I don't think it I don't think it really gets to the gets close to the point of the feelings I had on the first one. I think the first one has that more personal tie. It wasn't just a surprise factor. I mean, that does help when you don't know what's coming. Um, but the fact that the reason he's doing what he's doing in this movie is because like basically he signed a contract like that's that's your that's what's pushing you forward and that's fine uh for an action movie in general like that's been done and that works but when you compare it to the first one like you don't have that passion behind it you don't have that driving force which i think is what made the first one interesting like this is a man who won't be stopped because you wronged him and i was like okay i really like this so this in a lot of ways weirdly almost felt like a prequel it almost felt like, you know, this is who John Wick was before. Like, he has right. a job to do, and he's going to do it, and he does it well. And I think the movie handles it well. I think I think if you take out script stuff, I think this is a better movie than the first one. It's it's bigger. It's broader. It, it, has, uh, it has more locations. The color schemes are better. It's filmed better. All that stuff. That stuff all works, but I think it's, it's, missing, it's missing some drive to it. 
Um, but it is still a really fun action movie. Like I really enjoyed my time with it. And all I could think of our friend Andrew from AB Film Review is always decrying the fact that there's never a good uh, com- there's never a good video game movie, and it's going to happen this time. This is going to be the one. No, it won't. and you know what? <laughs> this is it. This is a good video game movie. They did like you talked about it on your show. There's all these scenes in the catacombs where he's like kind of hiding his weapons and ducking behind cover. And that's all I could think of. And even the scenes before that, when he's gathering his gear, he's getting his suit tailored. He's he's getting his guns. He's getting his knives, everything. It's very much like leveling up in those mm-hmm. moments. Like I got to get ready for this this boss battle, you know. So I felt like, wow, they finally did it. They made a good video game movie. It's just that this isn't based on a video game, but it might as well be. So I really liked it, and I thought, like, the the interactions between him and Ian McShane were fantastic. Like, I just think Ian McShane is a master at taking over-the-top dialogue and making it fun instead of comical. Like, there are some lines in this movie that if you cast anyone else, I'm laughing in the theater. But because it's Ian McShane, I'm like, all right, let's do it. That's fine. You know, so I just thought like all the way through it was an enjoyable movie, but I don't think like if you made this movie without the first John Wick, I don't think this grabs the public's attention. I think it's a good sequel more than it is a good movie. I would say if they make a third one, that'll be more interesting than than this. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the way they set it up, there's some, you know, they, they kind of flip it as far as how they're going to uh, attack the John Wick character or what his world's going to be. Uh, this just slightly expands on the first one, which a lot of people dug. A lot of people liked, you know, mm-hmm. the hotel. They like all the rules. And at times, this film kind of belabors that point uh, as far as the rules. It almost feels like it would have been better if they had set up more of the rules in the first one and then continue to hear. But I think they didn't know. They obviously didn't right. know it was going to be this big. So they figured, like, we'll just throw a couple things in here to make people think. But then that meant in the second movie, then we got to, like, okay, let's lay it out for the audience. Here's what this means. Here's what that means. And they do take a lot of time here doing that. That goes my, back to my problem with the the Wick character in the first third of the film where he's asking questions that he probably already has the answer to. He just wants them, like, please reaffirm this. Like, I think if you just hint at that world and you just hint at these obligations, at these markers, all of those things – uh, that makes it, you know, for pacing wise, it's a far more effective film. But I also think it keeps the John Wick character slightly cooler than what he's he's represented. Here. I mean, he's on uh, the the defense here, and that that's another thing with with revenge movies. It is hard. It's something if you go back to like Kill Bill, I you know after that first volume came out, I wondered with the second one, uh, can you really up the ante? Which I think Tarantino made a, a great distinction there as far as he didn't really up the ante as mm-hmm. far as combat goes. You kind of end on that high point at the end of volume one. And then you start to reflect more on who, uh, you know, Beatrix kiddo actually is, which can be dangerous. Not done. Well, Keanu's never been accused of being, you know, the most, um, effective actor as far as relaying particular emotions. Like, uh, he's, he's sort of, he is sort of a blank canvas, which when you're playing someone like Neo, like John wick, I think he's perfect for. Yep. So I, you know, I'm a little concerned with that as far as going into the third one. Uh, here, I think, as you said, a lot of the character actors do the heavy lifting in yeah. McShane, even, uh, common who I, yeah. you know, would not, I would not have expected yeah, he was much fine. of, yeah. I, I, I think he, I mean, he really has to, in some of those scenes with Keanu, he sort of implies all of the relationship dynamics between, it's almost like fancy draft, like a tier, like there's, <laughs> there's John Wick and everyone else. And he sort of knows what he's going after. Uh, he has that line about you, you killed my, my, uh, ward. And so, yeah. like, I, I now I have to, and it's so it's, it's got those sort of Western tropes I like, but um, 
I, I think the side characters here really shine. Yet again, I don't think, you know, the villain, the villain in the first one wasn't great. It's not great here. I think uh, it's actually time, a step down here from the first one. Maybe because like, the, I think the first one he was a little more entertaining. Like he was he was playing up the kind of ham factor, whereas this was just very, I don't know, just very surface level, very everything we've said before, like everything we've seen before. Like I just he, every time he was on screen, I felt like the movie just screeched to a halt. I was like, yeah, we we know what he's doing. We know he's you know, he's setting him up and it's probably not the best idea because he's doing this job for you. You might as well just let him do the job and I don't know, maybe not go after him after this because he's the fucking Baba Yaga. You might not want to go after this guy Didn't if you, you don't have you to. Want? That's the problem right. with, with villains and in particular like in comic book movies, there's no sense of self-preservation with any right. villains. Right. It's just, it's always to the fucking death. It's like, you know, I'm, it's, it's like a suicide mission. And I I like that when you're seeing it from the hero's point of view, they're doing something you know well heroic. But a villain, right. I never understand why they're they're willing to kill them, their whole family, their whole business. It seems like he's got a great life. Just you cut doing? your losses, man. Like, well, yeah. Just... <laughs> you know, you I they, you mentioned video game movies. I think that in particular, like John Wick, um, being sort of the best example of a video game movie with like comic book movies, you have stuff like. Donnie Darko, I think it's like one of the better superhero movies. Mm. It's not, you know, technically like a Marvel DC joint. Are you going to bring up the Iron in, Giant again? I was sure. That's also that's also you know that that one alludes a little bit more, I think, heavily to it. I mean, yes. they mentioned Superman. Um, I think there's a certain freedom there, uh, not having those attachments. That's that's going to be the main concern with this series. You know, presumably going to the third one is it's going to become bogged down in its own mythology in a way. Right. I'm hoping they they strip it down. I'm hoping with the third one they go back to the simplicity of the first one. But you know, this one, it's I don't you know expect a lot of people. I mean, I don't know. God knows, I, I don't listen to a lot of movie podcasts, so uh, I don't know if they're raving about it if they hate this. But I don't think it's going to be on anyone's top ten list. I don't think it should. I, no. I felt like okay, this is very good. Very, I had a good time with it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to be, uh, you know, writing think pieces about right. John too. Actually, I'm not going to be writing think pieces about anything. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't. I, I would be shocked if this ended up on anyone's top ten, top twenty list. But it, you know, it was what it was supposed to be. It was what I kind yeah. of expected out of the first John Wick. Like when you hear like, oh, this is a new fun action movie. It's great. Mm-hmm. You'll really enjoy it. That's what I expected. And with the first one, you got something a little bit more um, that was surprising. And I also felt like this movie was missing a a moment. Like it was missing a real passionate moment. Like there's a moment in the first one, the I'm thinking I'm back moment mm-hmm. that really gets the crowd into it. Like, okay, now he's really unleashed. I mean, he's already mm-hmm. fucked a lot of shit up, but now it's on. And you don't really get that in this movie. It's just – Kind of a straight line from A to B in this movie. Like, well, I got to get this job done, so I'm going to do it. Oh, she killed herself. I guess I'll shoot her in the head. You know, it's just like – it's just constantly moving forward, and there's never a moment of of real character work here. And granted, you don't get that a lot in action movies, but you need one or two moments like that. And I thought, like, that's what this movie was really missing. Maybe more dog? I'm not saying more dog put in jeopardy. But I, I was hoping maybe... I was hoping the dog would come into play here. That a he sidekick? Would... Yeah, then he would help John Wick out at some point. He'd just like, nah, we'll just we'll board the dog with someone else. It'll be fine. I mean, I think that was designed specifically for the dog lovers in the audience to take a breath. Like, okay, good. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) he's not in danger anymore. And I also think that uh, the first film, you know, maybe not attempting to be some franchise starter. they they maybe they they shied away from being too overtly stupid in the second one maybe maybe yeah. they don't want to go that extreme that over the top 
um, they come pretty damn close. Yes. Uh, as I mentioned on my show with the, the various locales of these shootouts. Uh, they all have very, you know, Nicholas Winding Refn lighting schemes. Yes. It's like they are, they are having a fight to the death on the set of the Neon Demon. So, and I don't have a problem with that. So, if that was, if that was, if that was the pitch, if that was the elevator pitch for this movie, I would be like, we need to fund this right now. Like, <laughs> shoot out in the Neon Demon. Let's do it. That sounds great. Um, Only uh, John Wick now runs a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, skeepy and he doesn't uh like mountain lions or whatever the hell yeah. that thing was yes that's right absolutely um i think the only things we haven't talked about that i wanted to talk about were uh peter stormare in the beginning of this movie who i think is mm-hmm. fucking fantastic um like he's one of those actors that if i heard him in an interview i don't think i'd recognize him because his accent just fluctuates in every and it doesn't sound like an accent that's from anywhere uh and the For kind the of gary oldman effect. right yeah uh but a little bit somehow more over the top than gary <laughs> oldman um but it sounded similar enough to michael nyquist uh for the first one that you actually believe like okay these two are related and i liked that they tied those movies together and gave a little introduction for people who missed the first one, you know, kind of retold the story of the Baba Yaga, the whole thing about the pencil. And I, I liked that we had that set up. I, I do feel like maybe they made Keanu Reeves a little too indestructible in this movie. I was listening to True Bromance and they were talking about like he gets hit by a car like seven times in this movie. Like it just kind of gets up and starts running. And I think you didn't really get that from the first movie. There were times where he was injured and it really did take him a little bit longer to to keep moving where in this movie, they were just like, we have to up the ante again. So it felt like that maybe they pushed that a little bit too much for my taste. I felt like Keanu was a little paunchier. He looked a little heavier in this one. Maybe maybe he's not in, uh, you know, fighting finesse shape, but he's more like a tank. Maybe he's he's just, he's built. (laughs) There you go. That's actually one of the things I liked about the fighting style that they've used in these movies is that it's not, it's not a hundred, a hundred miles an hour. Like there is actually some moments of slowness to it that looks like, you know, a fighting style that someone who's in their 40s could do. And I like that in the first one. I like that here. I thought they did a good job with that. Uh, Or has been thrown down some, you know, flight of stairs. I mean, (laughs) like five flights of stairs. Yeah. I was like, I kept waiting for the audience to push over into that realm where they started laughing in that sequence. Mm -hmm. And it never quite got there. So I think they they balanced that well, because anytime you have. Two guys were fighting and they fall down 25 stairs. There's a moment where you're kind of like, uh, if we go any further than this, <laughs> this is going to become Keystone Cops. And I, I think they definitely – I like that they played with the humor in this movie too. There's a there's a sequence uh, where him and Common are essentially trying to shoot each other in a crowded place that also mm. borders <laughs> on comedy but never gets to that point where it's laugh out loud because you always feel – I think you always feel the stakes. I think they do a good job with that. Um, and then, also keeping the world separate. I, I, yeah. I said on my show, I'm glad that we didn't see innocent civilians just shot in the head in a crossfire. Like, yeah, didn't see just a random person screaming as their suitcase. The only part I was the worried. Air. There's a scene with the um, with a fountain uh, where the water goes up, and you can see people walking behind there. And but then they just start pulling out their guns and shoot through the fountain because nobody could see them. I was waiting to see dead civilians everywhere after that sequence. But uh, the only other person we really haven't talked about is Ruby Rose. Um, who I guess is best known at this point for being in Orange is the New Black. That's where she got really popular and famous. So what did you think of her portrayal here? I mean, I kind of knew going in she was going to be like a a deaf mute uh, 
uh, assassin. So that already kind of brings with it this kind of like, oh, that's that sounds pretty badass. Like that sounds, you know, someone who's working at a disadvantage in this world, but is still surviving and thought highly of. So what did you think of her performance here? Well, I mean, I think it's it's certainly maybe not that particular um thing being a, a trope but there there is that kind of cliche of the the henchman uh having some sort of weird trait uh weapon very james bond yeah. yeah 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 uh-huh. um i yeah i did think that it you know like with a lot of the sporting characters they they sort of bring something that implies this this history and certainly uh being deaf with all of the gunfire that we have going around, like it is something that's like, wow, how's this person managed? Because right. uh, she jumps into uh, gunplay pretty quickly. Uh, I, I really liked, I liked Common. I liked her performance. I liked that there's this mutual respect, it seems, uh, between her and John Wick, which you don't see from the the main villain who's just kind of talking out of his ass all the time. Right. Uh, I, I said on my show, it seemed like, you know, even in a world of, very rich assassins. They're like the blue collar workers. Yeah. And then it's like the white collar. They, they have no idea. They just sort of push, I guess, throw some <laughs> coins at it. It'll be fine. Contracts <laughs> around their desk and <laughs> they have to fill it. Um, I think, you know, visually it's, it's, it's something that is cool as far as, you know, using the sign language for her and John wick, but it also, it limits their interaction to make it just very brief and to the point. And, <laughs> Uh, you, it would be dangerous to have too many characters that are actually speaking to John Wick in that way. Like, would I only say two things to you? One, one of them is like, I will kill you soon. <laughs> it would get old to hear. So, you know, it's just a way to change things up. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not seen Orange Is the New Black, so I didn't know who this this actress was. I, but I mean, I thought that was very well set up uh, for the future. It's a little bit more world building. Uh, and certainly, I've heard you mentioned prequel. I didn't thought about this one seeming like a prequel, but I, I did read that their Lionsgate is trying to get some sort of TV series prequel. I guess with the younger John Wick. So, oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, Stop I expect it. that to be on Stars. That sounds yeah. like a Stars thing, maybe. <laughs> yeah, a Hulu exclusive, maybe. That's yeah. I don't see that. They've got an Elizabeth Moss joint coming. That's on true. Hulu, so That's true. There's some there's some decent stuff coming out. Uh, the last thing I want to say before we go to spoilers, and it's connected to Ruby Rose's portrayal. I like that this movie doesn't pull its punches when they're when they're um, using both genders here, and it's true in the first movie and here. I think there probably would be a a temptation to kind of lighten things up uh, when you have a man fighting a woman. And I love that they don't do that. Like they did it with Adrian uh, Palicki in the first one and Ruby Rose here has like an extended fight sequence where she gets, you know, thrown around and thrown through mirrors. I mean, it's, they do not pull punches. And I, and I like that they, they keep that even here. A lot of action movies would have, you know, female assassins be like, you know, uh, being a, a little more subtle about, uh, about what they're doing instead of going into full attack mode. And I like that we have that equality here. You, you know, sexualizing them in some way as far right. as they, they get the upper hand. Yeah. Right. Um, or using poison or, you know. That well, kind of I'm, I'm not going to go on the record like you have saying that I, I really enjoyed seeing the women get the shit kicked That's right. out of them. Goddamn right. <laughs> sure. You know, to each his own, Dave. <laughs> Awesome. All right. uh, So let's go to spoilers really quick. There are a couple things I wanted to talk about. Spoilers. What? Read ahead. Spoil all the surprises. Not peeking at the end. Isn't traveling with you one big spoiler? That's classified. It's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. All right. um, So the first thing uh, we kind of alluded to this, like, kind of main villain who, you know, 
you know, lights up uh, John Wick's house, burns it to the ground to get him to do a job because uh, you got to have that moment. But that's not even the part that upsets me. It upsets me that he convinces John Wick to do this. And then after he does the job, after he, you know, I guess he doesn't even really kill his sister. The sister kills herself. She goes on her own terms, which I also kind of liked that she was like, oh, John Wick is here. Fuck that. I'm doing this myself. I don't I don't need. Did gotta- you? Did yeah, I like did. That? I like that. I'm not a I'm not a religious guy, but you know, I, I hear suicide is a hell worthy sin. Yeah. I mean, among the many others uh, that these. I was like, she off. is in, she is in this world. I, I think that is the least of her worries at that point. But I also hear that God's quite the pushover. So just in the last second before, <laughs> sorry, before brain, my bad, <laughs> my <laughs> bad, God, my eternity of virgins <laughs> coming right up on a platter. Where's the virgin buffet? Oh, so, good God! I just it, want, that was just a thought that ran through my head. I'm like, you know what? Thought, yeah. What's a professional? It's going to yeah. be over with quickly. Let him do his job. What are you doing? <laughs> Make America great again. Oh, are you, oh. be, a, be a job creator, <laughs> international assassin. Oh, no. Um, but after this is accomplished, he has set up John Wick to be killed by his own set of assassins. And I was like, he he did the job. Why don't you just let him fucking go home? Maybe throw him some coins so he can rebuild his house that you fucked up and move on with your life. Like, I don't understand. Like, And I love... And you mentioned this on your show, but I absolutely love that Ian McShane shows up and goes, you fucking idiot. What are you doing? Like, you just signed your own death warrant. Like, you know that, right? Have you met John Wick? Like, (laughs) you knew him before when he killed everybody. Maybe don't double cross this guy. It's like, it makes me think, uh, it makes me think of The Wire. Like, you come at the king, you better not miss. Like, that's... (laughs) It's basically a scene where he like, points the finger at him, calls him a dumb dumb. Yeah, like, well, that was a stupid thing to do. <laughs> but he does it in that Ian McShane way, so it, yeah, it's sounds all classy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, but it was just like once again we have a big action villain whose actions make no sense, and that's upsetting to me. Like at least in the first one, the things that uh, the things that Michael Nyquist's character was doing, like they made sense. Like even if like you know even to the point of giving up his son, he's got a gun to his head. Okay. His son caused this. I can see why you did this, even if it's like you feel like, wow, you just gave up your own blood. But, you know, you got a gun to your head. I can understand it, at least. This character, after maybe the first five minutes, I'm like, I don't know why you're doing anything. Yeah, I, guess, I mean, I guess the, the reasoning there would be, OK, uh, after this this contract is fulfilled, the marker that now Wick is free to do whatever he wants. And so maybe eventually down the road, he'll come after me. So let, let's get him. Let's get it out of the surprised. way. Like, uh, on, but on the other hand, you know, he doesn't seem like a character that's going to be very surprised. He's already prepared, uh, as we saw in that Matrix moment where he gets any gun he wants and this <laughs> this awesome, uh, very fine suit that yeah. you know you can get shot multiple times. And uh, you, you decide to attack him then. You you don't wait till maybe he's out on the beach with his yeah, dog. Wait one day. a couple weeks, like <laughs> yeah. I mean, we see him in this film. You know, he opens the door without having a gun. You know, he, he's he's in that sort of mindset. So yeah, I thought it was an interesting decision. Like, let's wait for him to have duffel bags for of assault weapons, Great. and then we'll try to get the jump on him. Yeah, yeah, not. But I mean, it's you know they got to compact it. It's a it's a movie. I also think that they, you know, the film does protect. Since we're in spoilers now, it protects the characters, the the assassins we like, like Common, uh, like the Rose character. I think that. You know they they are left to fight another day because and I like the way are... they left common I, and I like that they kind of set it up uh, with Lawrence Fishburne's character. This is something John Wick has done before, like you know, kind of put a put a knife in him and said, you know, here's mm-hmm. how you survive if if you want to live through this, but if you want to kill me, then you're gonna die. And I like that they set that up so you can bring common back. 
I did. Well, that. It, it lets us, you know, it revives the, the dead dog thing from the first one where it's like, okay, we can root for every kill that John Wick makes here because he's not killing people that we Unnecessarily. like. Yeah. 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 That are just doing their job. They just put their hard hat on and went to, you know, shoot people. That's all they're trying to do. <laughs> like you do. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the last thing is, you know, we should probably talk about the ending. I think it is it's set up for a third movie that could be fantastic or could be terrible. And I'm not sure which one it's going to be because, you know, you also mentioned again, you mentioned this on your show. I think Shane mentioned it. He talked about, you know, it's John Wick against the world. Like that's essentially mm-hmm. how this is set up. And I liked how they they kind of set up how how big this world is just by having that scene with Ian McShane at the end where kind of everybody turns and there's that and you see as he's running through all these people kind of looking at him in a way that you think okay that's an assassin that's an so there's there's a lot of people and they've sent out this contract on him everywhere all over the world um and when you have a movie that big and that broad i could see it going in a lot of bad directions so it's and i I do find myself wishing that they knew that this movie was going to do well uh so they could have you know, gotten filming started already. Uh, so this is going to be a long wait uh, for people, like probably at least a couple years, right? Because Keanu has come out and said, like, if this movie does well, we'll do a third movie. And if it doesn't, we won't. So it's kind of like, uh, I wish we could get to this because the ending, although I like it, it does make it feel like the whole second movie was purely set up as opposed mm-hmm. to its movie on its own. It becomes like, oh, well, this is the middle of a trilogy. So we got to get us to this point. Yeah, I mean, it feels it feels very TV like, right? It feels like the season finale, and in three months we're going to yeah. see this cliffhanger. Pick up, but, yeah, but we but won't. as you said, no, <laughs> we won't. It'll be three years, maybe. Um, I don't know. They they can play with that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think letting Keanu maybe even you know since he doesn't age really, we're gonna have to age him up. Uh, <laughs> if it is going to be the final chapter, you know, I would like to see it be set. I don't know, ten, fifteen years after the events of this one. Like how mm. if he has survived that long, at what point does his guard drop down and when do they have a window to get him? Like he, mm. just maybe he's out on his own. He, you know, you're certainly gonna remove uh all the rules as far as his ability to check into a hotel and heal yeah. up. Like he's he's got no it's again the video game thing. He's got no safe house. He's got no safe right. point. Like it's you are on the run from now on. So if anything, I think it'll it'll harken back to the first one as far as I think it'll be a very simple story about mm. you know a guy who just has had to look over his shoulder the entire time and uh, eventually, you know, is he going to be someone that is is tired of having to maybe shoot first because in this in both films it's like you know he is as you mentioned he has let people walk who sort of wander into his world and by anybody else's standards probably deserves to die I mean mm-hmm. if they're they're hitmen assassins but you know in the third one it's it is going to be him versus the world. He doesn't know. It's it's everyone after him. So in a way, he's probably going to be more ruthless. I hope they have the courage to let him, you know, kill a few few people that uh, maybe didn't deserve it. Maybe some children. Maybe I don't know. Let's, Jacob Tremblay's dream maybe, cast in John Wick Three is the, it's sort of like a scream killing at the very beginning. John Wick on He'll the play phone. the Drew Barrymore part. Like that's oh, yeah. Kickstart that, please. Do you have a Patreon for that? Mike's perfect movie, Jacob Trebley murdered mercilessly in the first five minutes. You know, I'm not against that idea. Um, you and I are in that in that very small club, the like anti Jacob Trebley club. Everyone fell in love with him in room, and we're like, nah, I'll pass. It's not that small. I'm sure his parents are in it too. <laughs> they probably are at this point because he's probably. Can you imagine how obnoxious you would be at like ten years old or whatever he is, and you had millions of dollars? Oh my God! You couldn't you couldn't tell me anything. 
<laughs> you know, I, I've often wondered that, and I think that I'd be less obnoxious because I think I'd just go away. I'd be, I would be John Wick and John Wick Three. I'd just be on a beach somewhere. Like I'm good. I, yeah. I'm so lazy. I'm so incredibly lazy. I'd get my room well, checked. Also, having met gone. your mother, I don't think she'd let you get out of control. I, th- I think there would be, <laughs> there would be some harsh words and maybe something more if you got out of control. Yeah, I think if I starred in Room, she would she would think I'm some sort of horrible disappointment. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Uh, <laughs> so I think we both think that uh, John Wick. Two, actually, I didn't ask you this. Do you which movie do you prefer, one or two? Oh, uh, one. I mean, uh, I don't know from a technical standpoint. You brought up some things. It probably is a, a better looking experience. The action might be better. I don't. I didn't watch John Wick one. And I haven't seen it uh, in a couple of years, actually. So I, I, it's a distant memory for me. I know that my experience, uh, I will take the experience of watching the first one and just being sort of bowled over. Like, right. this is great. This is a great <laughs> genre film. And this one, you know, it's a sequel. So there's a little bit right. more expectation I knew I'm getting into. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the first one. All right. Good. Uh, so, yeah. So we both kind of agree this is a really fun movie. Definitely worth seeing, especially if you're an action fan. This is this is right up your alley, uh, but doesn't quite reach the heights or at least the surprise of the first John Wick. Um, so before we go, Mike, anything coming up on War Machine versus War Horse you want people to listen to? Yeah, I've actually recorded this one. I haven't edited it, so it may be late. I may be off schedule again, but the, the plan would be here in, a, I guess, a few days. Uh, we're going to be looking at a semi-new release. I think it got released in the UK. It's on DirecTV, one of those weird Ooh. exclusives. <clears throat> um, and it is hitting VOD this week or next week. It's called The Girl with All the Gifts. Oh, it's yeah. a horror film. Um, it was based on a book that had some degree of acclaim. I didn't read it, so I can't, can't <laughs> speak for it. But uh, we're going to be looking at films. This uh, theme is a bit on the nose uh, that include girls that have gifts. So we've got... <laughs> Disney's Frozen, even though in the recording I made the mistake uh, of calling it Pixar's Frozen, which I still kind of hold yeah. to because I don't think Disney really exists anymore. I think it's all Pixar. The conglomerate, yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, a film that I really like uh, from the mid-90s, uh, Matilda, also based oh, on nice. a book that I had read when I was right. a kid. But uh, yeah, so uh, it is uh, a strange family-filled piece of entertainment yeah, coming up on Warp Super Sports <laughs> We do mention Chuck and Buck. So oh, of course you do. Of course yeah, you do. Keep it keep it R rated. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Letterbox, which I don't use, but I'm just trying to future proof <laughs> all my appearances in case I ever feel like using another stupid service at War Machine Horse. Nice. Yeah, I can never again get on you about a theme for a show, considering I did The Temptation of the Christ and Temptation. Like that's that's as on the nose as you can get. So if you want to Sometimes do the- girls with gifts good enough <laughs> sometimes a solid double is all you need that's you need right swing for the yeah exactly all right uh so we're going to take a break and then come back with brit for fangirl fixation uh where we'll talk about the movies coming out and continue her film education with the french connection so stay tuned for that hello i'm andrew and i'm bernadette and we're the ab film review we're a weekly film review and discussion podcast from perth western australia we're a married couple who like to spend our saturday evenings avoiding reality by discussing and often arguing about the latest films and some classics and getting closer to divorce uh, you can find us on the podbros network at podbros.com also on twitter at ab film review facebook ab film review and our website abfilmreview.com that's a lot of ab's that's it all right, so time for another episode of Fangirl Fixation. I will not call it little anymore, since you were offended by that last time. That's right, sizes. <laughs> well, you are little. Hey, 
What? Small but mighty. Uh-huh. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, so, Britt, anything you want to talk about before we talk about uh, your film education, which is The French Connection or the movies that are coming out this week? No. No? You don't want to talk about John Wick 2? Your thoughts on it? Mike and I will talk about it in the previous section. But I was going to say, why do you, why you want to hear from me? You already got Mike. You don't need me. I, I need you. So, uh-huh. what did you think? Well, we disagree on the fact that I think this one's better. Okay. Uh, though I'm wondering how much of that is because I don't have to skip the first 12 minutes of the movie. Yeah, I think it's like 20 minutes, actually. Really? It takes a while until right. the dog happens. Yeah. So, so, I, so I've, I've never actually seen the entirety of John Wick 1 ever. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's like it's like we've talked about. Like I like I like that you get more of a glimpse into the mythos. Like I mm-hmm. I understand that you like the other one because there's more of like a personal connection with it. Mm-hmm. But I like this one because it's in its purest form is just a like shoot 'em up movie. See, that's actually what I was thinking. Is that when we boil it all down, I think the difference is you're more of a you're more of a pure action fan than I am. You grew up on kung fu movies. You grew up on shoot 'em ups. So that's like so you you get tied into it really easily. You're just like, this is great. Mm-hmm. It's like an hour and 50 minutes of people kicking ass, <laughs> you know? So I think, so that makes sense to me that you would like this one more. So than the funny. First. Dave, Dave needs the connection and the, uh, the I emotional. I need story and acting. My bad. My bad. <laughs> hey, there was story and acting in this. Not as much as in the first one. I'm sorry. I don't like movies about dead dogs. <laughs> you just don't like movies where people are talking. They're talking too much. They should be kicking ass. That's pretty much your... If Ian McShane was the one that was doing all the talking, I would be fine with it. Well, yeah. I kind of wanted a scene between him and Lawrence Fishburne just to see what would happen. That would be amazing. It would be a like a chewing scenery off. Like right? It just would have been epic. Just have these two amazing voices. <laughs> yeah. I don't even need to look at it. I'll just close my eyes and bask I don't in even, the sounds. I, I'm realizing like, I don't even know what Lawrence Fishburne really sounds like anymore because he's like... Lately in movies, he's like so presentational in mm-hmm. his style. Like because... Like we've been watching Blackish and this. Movie, I wouldn't know if that was. I would. I mean, I wouldn't say that's presentational and Blackish. That's it is, but it's it's not his actual voice. Right, like he's fair. Putting yeah. something on, right? So it's been a while since I've seen him in just a quote unquote normal role. Like we haven't been watching Hannibal. I think that's closer to what he really sounds like. Really, because in Hannibal, I feel like that's very like put on. No, I don't think so. I mean, who knows? I'm, I'm not Lawrence Fishburne, and neither are you. But we're like... just we're just gonna start like looking up YouTube clips. <laughs> right. What do you sound like in interviews? Who are you really? Are, yeah. We might get disappointed, like we did with Cass. Yeah, it's true. Um, so you liked John Wick too? You had a good time. It yes. was a good date movie was, for you. There was there was good suits. I actually stayed up past midnight. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't even doze in that movie. Yeah, that's true. You didn't Boom. put your head on my shoulder. I well, I did during the the, the previews, previews but not and then you the got movie. mad. You're like, no, get up. I'm I was like, like, it's don't not get, started don't yet. Don't do this yet. Do not fall asleep already. <laughs> oh yeah, you were you were awake. You know, Keanu Reeves was hot. He was in a suit. Oh my god, that was so funny. There's this one lady in the in the um right. theater. Like like he shows up and she goes, Yeah. Well I literally heard like a cat calling whistle. Yeah, that was first. first. <laughs> yeah, and then she just went, Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty like fantastic. that was like the hottest man she has ever seen in yeah, her like, life. Like she just couldn't hold it in. It like was like sense. dead silent in the theater besides that. It was a very dramatic like moment of him <laughs> standing there. It's true. All right. So speaking of action movies, um for your film education, I put up a poll on Twitter and gave people a bunch of options. Like there was this, there was a police story with Jackie Chan, the killer with Chow Yun Fat, uh, and the raid Two. Those were the four choices. And it was, and this is the one that it won? was basically between this and the raid, like nothing else got any votes, but it was close. It was like, like 
43%, 39%. Like it was real close. So People have failed me. <laughs> Jeez, you're giving away your feelings on this movie already. So what did you think of The French Connection? I hated it. You hated it? I hated it. Wow, we had a very different experience because I've never... I'd never uh, seen it either. It's one of those movies that's been on my list to watch forever, and I loved it. Like I thought it was great. Um, so, what was your what were your issues with the French Connection? An hour and forty minutes of following people. Oh, you mean like Mad Max Fury Road? Excuse me, there was action in that. Yeah, there was action in this too. People got oh my shot. God. There were car wrecks. <laughs> but yes, you're right. It is very much a it's a chase movie. That's all the movie is. It's a chase movie that's done poorly. He's like made five times. He gets made. Twice in the mm -hmm. entire movie. You are exaggerating because you were annoyed because you kept falling asleep for the first hour. So we had to split it up into two viewings. Yeah, that should tell you people how bad this movie is. Oh, yeah, because you never fall asleep during good movies. I don't. You fell asleep during Creed. Okay, that's not fair. It is fair. No, it's not. That's when I was like working overtime and we went to a late movie. Like, you've always got some excuse while you're falling asleep. Like, I was on drugs. <laughs> I had a drink that night. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Working. Prescriptions. Prescriptions. <laughs> I don't All do drugs. drugs. Yeah. Those are drugs. Do they might drugs they drugs. might think that, like I'm freaking doping up and shit. They can I doubt they would think that. You don't they, they don't know how hardcore I am. That's <laughs> true. All right. So what did you think? So this movie gets a lot of praise because it's like one of the first times in film you see this kind of dirty cop that you're still at some level supposed to root for. Because he is your protagonist, but he's, you know, he's using racial slurs, he's beating people up, he's, you know, doing all, he's like, you know, uh, like he's not planning drugs, but he's like, you know, putting people in situations where they have to do things they wouldn't want to. Like, he's not your stereotypical protagonist in a cop movie. Yeah, I mean, I think my biggest problem with this was just the pacing and there wasn't enough action in it for me. Hmm. Okay. There was, there was too many, like... Really long, like the whole thing with the subway. Why that was the best part of the movie? What are you talking about? That was great. I love that part. I thought. I think you're right. There isn't like a great deal of action. It's there's a lot of suspense building. But that scene, which by the way, they did not have permits to do that scene. Those pedestrians, those were real pedestrians. So it's like they actually interviewed the director about this, and he said that um, I shouldn't have done this. Uh, I would never do it again. But that's why everything looks so dangerous. Because it is. <laughs> like, I shouldn't have been doing that. Wait, which uh, one are we... Were you talking about when he's going after the sniper or when they're doing the on and off thing with the, with the no, subway? No, no, the, the sniper. Okay, I'm oh, talking, so talking, I'm about, talking the, about the on and off okay. thing with the subway. Oh, you didn't like that? I thought that was fun. I, I mean, it was, it was fun like the first two times. See, you always say that you don't mind the pacing of movies from the 60s and 70s. And yet, that was your major issue here. It depends on what kind of movie it is. This, you can't tell me this is an action cop movie. It is an action cop no. movie. Yeah, it is. It does not have the there's, correct pacing. There's knives. There's guns. There's car chases. There what was a knife want? once. Yes. There was a knife once and someone got stabbed. There was strawberry syrup shooting out of people. Yeah, that is definitely something I noticed. That like It kept pulling me out of the movie like really bad. Yeah, I've noticed that it, they do that in older movies. Like I think they want, they want people to know right away like that that is a wound. Like it pops on screen is uh, and things are definitely much more realistic now as far as like the color and the way blood sprays i just think we're more advanced when it comes to action it, it literally looked like they had like a bottle of strawberry syrup and they were just squishing it when they got hit with some <laughs> bullet i mean for me i think the thing that's interesting about this movie is the main character like i just think i think you have to cast someone and they didn't know this then but you have to cast someone who's going to be a movie star 
And Gene Hackman is a goddamn movie star. Like, there's something about him that you want to watch him. Even if he's doing things that are terrible, you're still, at least for me, I was still, like, rooting for him in this weird way. Even oh, though I was, terrible. and I was hoping he just get shot so the movie could be over. Oh, my God. You are such a grump. <laughs> you're such a grump. Uh, and it, it made me think, it made me wonder, like, as far as all the racial slurs, because they don't hold back. I mean, they use racial slurs about black people, about Hispanic people, like, about Italians, like, a little bit of everything. But it made me wonder, like, from the character perspective, like, how much of that does he believe and how much of that is for show? Like, they well, have that whole scene where he pulls that guy into the bathroom. Right. And he's got to, like, you know, he's got to play the part of being the racist cop. But you can tell these guys are friends mm -hmm. and they've worked together before. So I found all those interactions really interesting. Hmm. Nothing for you? Nothing was interesting about this movie to you? Hmm. Jesus. You know, it's a podcast. You have to talk. I made a noise. <laughs> That's not talking. That's just a noise. It's still its form of communication. <laughs> what are you communicating? Exactly. That's it. All right. Uh, was there anything you liked about the movie? I liked that car before they destroyed it. <laughs> I think that's actually one of the things I liked about the car sequence where there was all these crashes. Is that it was, it was realistic in the sense that in a lot of cop movies, that car would never get touched. Right. You know, he would make it through unscathed. And I liked that they never, like very purposely in the shots, they never showed you the traffic lights. Right. So you never knew when he was going through those intersections, like, is it safe or not? Which I think is a really good thing for a movie like this. It, it kind of builds up that tension. And that stuff really worked for me. I Yeah, that, I mean, I think that was probably maybe the only scene that I liked. I felt bad for the guy who had his car taken. Like, did they even fix that? So just here I don't you know. go. I don't know if there's insurance business. for yeah. that. Like you see that in a lot of movies, right? Like people commandeering vehicles. Yeah. What happens? Because <laughs> that, that car was gonna... fucked up oh, afterwards. Yeah, that car was done. Absolutely done. Yeah. So uh, we always kind of talk about this. Um, do you, even though you didn't like it, can you see a reason for other people to like it, or like that it's a great movie? Because this is seen as like something that should be saved and something that should be rewatched. Really? Yep. Really? I swear. People love this movie. Alright. <laughs> but you don't see it. You don't see don't... anything uh, like salvageable, anything that's like, oh, okay, it's not for me, but I get why other people would be really into this. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. No? Okay. I don't get it. So the other question I wanted to ask you about these movies in general is because we're talking about kind of this film education thing and these are like, a lot of them are older films. Can you see any way that this is like influenced movies moving forward? Is there anything like in this that you're like, oh, I've kind of seen that in other things? Or did this just bore you to tears and you're like, there's no connection here for me? I think my brain's numb. Okay. I'm trying to figure out. I mean, I like it's it's one of those things of how can you tell which movie influenced which movie, right? Because no, I I'm feel... not asking you to tell me that. I'm just asking, like, was there anything in here that you're like, oh, I feel like I've seen that before, or no? But that's what I'm saying. Like, how do I? Like, it's hard to tell at what point a movie was influenced by another movie. Yeah, that's just your opinion, though. It doesn't have to be right. It doesn't have to be like we proved it. Like this was in '71 and this was in '86. Like, hey, I uh, do that. I'm just wondering if there's anything in this movie that you were like that was memorable for you in a way that you could see how other movies would use it. I feel like that that car chase besides the like smashing it in, like I feel like I saw that in something recently, mm -hmm. like in the last like fifteen years. It wouldn't surprise me. That there was some like car thing underneath the train. Mm -hmm. But that was probably about it. Yeah, I mean every time I see an elevated train sequence I just think of the fugitive. 
immediately. Like that's the first thing. Cause Maybe that's what's popping into my head. Could be. I don't know. Yeah. I just think I, I like the idea of the elevated train sequence because usually like we talked about this actually in our episode about speed where like subways don't they don't usually work on screen because you you can't get a a view of how big they are Mm -hmm. because they're contained whereas the elevated train you can see it in comparison you can see how fast it's going and then see like our main character being slowed down by these other cars on the road wait wait i just had a thought so the whole like sniper thing on the train those were all real people what about when it fucking crashed which Remember how the train, like, the way it stops is by hitting another train? Oh, no, I'm train? talking about the people on the street level. Oh, the street level. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, the pedestrians and the other cars, all that. So they... Oh, you mean while he's speeding through? Mm-hmm. So he literally almost killed a chick and her baby? I mean, I think what that... What the hell? I think that was probably put in after the fact, because it was... Because she, like, looked and, you know, like, it looked very, uh, very much like an actor. But, like, just in my kind of quick research, a lot of this stuff was just filmed on Did city streets. Did he steal a real car? <laughs> probably. You probably did. You're always very upset by this when cars get <laughs> get hurt in movies. I think you're more upset by this than by babies and like mothers being at risk. You're like, oh, the car. This happened what? during I, John Wick Two, as a matter of I fact. Asked, I in asked about the, the mom movie. and the baby before I asked if the car yeah, but was. People real. cannot see the look on your face, but you are much more distraught <laughs> over the car being hurt than maybe an infant being murdered. Okay, to be fair with John Wick, that was that's a freaking GT. That's not okay. Yeah, and they can rebuild it. You know which the budget is on these movies? It'll be okay. I promise. That car was probably built just to be destroyed. Does that make you feel better or worse? From the look on your face, I'm going to go with worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Okay. So, apparently, uh, people out there who voted in Twitter poll, you have failed Brit. Um, yep. So, Congratulations. But I want to thank you because I really like this movie and I finally got a chance to watch it. because people only care about you. They don't care about me. No, they really don't care about me. No, the last time I told you, Andrew from AB Film Review was like very protective of you. Oh, yeah. Like, no, true. no, no. Yeah. She shouldn't watch that movie. I don't think she'll like it. I think he um, was right and I didn't like it. <laughs> Uh, what was it? What were we? What was it last? What was the last one we watched before this? Oh, it was it was Raging Bull. Oh, Raging one, Bull was the yes, one, and he right. was correct. I didn't like it. <laughs> so we're this is like the last two weeks. We're not we're not doing great. I don't know what we're gonna watch next week. It'll probably have something to do with like math or academia because we were doing hidden figures and the imitation game. So mm-hmm. so people have suggestions for what we should watch. That's like a classic and something everyone should watch. And you Let want me, me to tear it apart? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So yeah, so French Connection, not a big hit for Brit, uh, but I like Gene Hackman, so uh, I win this week, so that's good. I win two weeks in a row, really. I like both those movies, so maybe I'm just really positive, and you're really negative. Maybe that's it. I'm positive I'm going to stick you with something. <laughs> no, you're not. Not until... Oh, let me just move <laughs> the wine opener. Okay. Um, so uh, that's it for Brit's film education, which is going super well. Uh, she's really enjoying it, I swear to God. Look, this is your fault. How is this my fault? Because the last the last month, couple months, you've been like, well, you always tell me that we're going to watch these movies, and we never do. And this has given us a reason to watch them. Mm-hmm. So now you can't complain. All right. Um, so uh, ready to move on to the uh, the movies coming out this week. So we have three movies coming out this week. Uh, we're not covering any of them, because as I mentioned, we're doing Hidden Figures, because we're still kind of leading up to the Oscars. But the first movie uh, is a comedy called Fist Fight. Uh, starring Charlie Day and Ice Cube. Uh, <laughs> look on your face. Um, so basically, one of the teachers gets the other fired. Charlie Day rats out Ice Cube for something, and then he gets challenged to an after-school fight. Uh, so, you saw this trailer, Britt. 
what what do you think? You ready ready to go see it? Yeah? You have to talk now. I don't wanna. So okay, let me ask you this. What didn't you like about this trailer? Everything. Everything? No, I just don't like the premise of the movie. I'm like, why It's silly. Why? It's dumb. I mean, this is so stupid. Let's teach kids that it's okay for you to start fights at school because we don't have any issues with bullying already. Yeah, I mean, that's I pretty much that's the, pretty much the whole premise is two adults that are bullying each other and then fighting in front of kids. Yeah, I mean, I guess I just didn't take it that seriously because it's fucking big and dumb and worthless and right, it's rated which R is part and... of the problem because things like this get molded into that and then people think it's funny and then uh, somebody's gonna be stupid and try it i mean i guess but you're gonna have that people are stupid regardless like they're gonna try stupid things I'm... we don't need to give them more ideas especially <laughs> involving this idea is already out there like people getting in fights after school that's been around for decades like that's that's just been a thing this is not the america we should be promoting this in well it's the america we're in so might as well um, so, uh, the only thing that I like about this movie, really, stop it, mm-hmm. um, is that Charlie Day is in it, and I like Charlie Day. Like, he's an enjoyable person to see on screen. And some of the side characters are good, like Christina Hendricks is in it, um, Dean Norris from uh, Breaking Bad is in it, he played, played the brother, the, like, the agent. Oh, okay, guy. yeah. Yeah. So there's, you know, you hate Tracy Morgan, but Tracy Morgan is in there. Like I really hate him. Kamel Nanjiani is in it. Like, so there's a lot of like funny people in this movie, but I cannot bring myself to get excited about it in any way. Because it looks stupid. It does. I mean, it really does. I mean, it's, I don't know, the most, I feel like the most you can hope for from a movie like this is like, that it's like 90 minutes long and that you laugh a couple times. I feel like my mom with Bridesmaids. Okay. And I haven't even seen this movie yet. You realize no one knows what you're talking about except me, right? I don't care. So, you want to explain that? No, because then they'll hate my mom. Her mom hates Bridesmaids. Thinks it's horrible. Actually, I know Like, with a people, burning passion. I know of a couple people that will like your mom for that, so. <laughs> Hi, Rowan Barry from True Bromance. Both hate Bridesmaids. You can't even say Bridesmaids around my mom before she starts going into a fit about how stupid it was. It's true. It's true. And it's tragic, because that movie's great. All right, so let's move on to our next movie, uh, which is another great one, uh, The Great Wall, uh, starring Matt Damon, which, of course, has gotten, Why? I think it's gotten more, more press for the fact that people are pissed about, you know, this kind of white savior narrative than anything else. Because we keep doing it. Well, if it keeps making money, can we blame... There are so many fantastic Asian actors that no, could I be agree, doing this role. but I'm saying the reason it keeps happening is because people keep buying tickets for movies like this, right? I mean... It, Hollywood runs in that way that, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's what happens. What are you looking at? Looking at the cast. Why are you being so judgy? <laughs> you got something on your laptop I can't see? Oh, my God. Get over it. All right. Uh, so we have uh, Matt Damon. Uh, Willem Dafoe is in this. Um, honestly, a bunch of Asian actors that I'm not smart enough to know who they are or have seen them in things. Or how to say their names. Uh, no, I'm sure I could say their names. Andy Lau uh, is in it. Luhan, Kenny now, Lin. Now he's just trying to prove something. He's just <laughs> making true. up names. They're not really associated <laughs> no, they're really with the there. movie. And also Pedro Pascal, who was in Game of Thrones. He got his head squished in Game of Thrones. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Spoilers, I guess, for like three years ago, but whatever. Um, so yeah, uh, what would you think of this trailer? Any Anything good to say about it? So I was kind of okay with it until the giant lizards. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Are and you... then I just wanted to throw my food on the ground. Like, I was like, okay, great. We have another White Savior movie. Hmm. Whatever. It looks awful. And then the lizards happen. And I'm like, wow. This is where we're going with this. Okay. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It just. Is bad? Yeah. I mean, people are upset about the whitewashing, which I get. And it's, I think it's worthy of being upset about. But what I keep coming back to is I see this trailer and I'm like, wow, this movie looks like shit. Like, this just looks terrible. Yeah. Like, regardless, like, you could cast anybody Ooh, in this and I'd you, still be like, I don't want to see this. Would you rather watch this or the Dungeons and Dragons movie? Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, because I can watch it at home. Fair. And I can do Plus Jeremy things. Irons. Yeah, Jeremy Irons talking, so mm-hmm. that's always good. Yeah, Matt Damon, it, it's really interesting to see, like, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck's like, career. He, he like, he can't be hurting gone. for money, right? Like, what is happening? I don't know. I, I got nothing. I used to think he was a good actor, but now I'm trying I mean, to I think he up. is a good actor. I just think he's kind of an asshole. Like, he's just kind of a jerk. Like, mm. he had this show called uh, Project Greenlight, where it was like these amateur filmmakers would come and, you know, whoever won, the, it's like a reality show, whoever won right. got to produce their movie. And he, like, somebody talked about the importance of diversity, and he essentially, like, white mansplained to this woman, like, what, what diversity is about. And you're like, dude, you're not looking good here. You should probably, and so I think he is a talented actor. Like, you know, I I don't think The Martian is amazing. I think it's a solid blockbuster, but I thought he was good in it. Yeah. Like, you know, he's he's been good in most of the That's why I'm just confused. We went from The Martian to this, like. I just think, I don't know, maybe he wants to be an action star now. Maybe he wants to be in action movies. I don't know. Like, you know, he did the Bourne movies and then that latest one kind of flopped. Yeah, that should have been a sign that he should stop. Well, I'm sure this was in production by the time that came out. So they're probably just trying to extend this kind of Matt Damon action. So that Bourne movie needed to stop for so many reasons. Oh, yeah. There's not a lot good about that. No. It's not not good. It made no sense in that universe. Okay, anyways. I'm just going to start getting angry. Let's move on to the next one. (laughs) Yeah, so The Great Wall. uh, Not great. Uh, Not not looking forward to that. Uh, But the last one that comes out, which I'm actually kind of sorry we're not covering on the show because I really want to see it, is called A Cure for Wellness. Which I can't see, and I'm really upset about it because I really wanted to see it because Jason Isaacs, but now I can't see it. Yeah, there's teeth stuff in it, apparently. I've been told, so you would, like, cry or throw up or run out of the theater. I don't cry over teeth. Okay. I do not cry (laughs) over teeth. (laughs) Okay, okay. I agree. Uh, So this movie stars, of course, Jason Isaacs, as you mentioned, also Dane DeHaan. Um, You probably know him from the... Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much yeah. the only place that I recognize him right. from. And I still want to slap him in the face. There's something about his face that just makes me want to punch him. He looks like he looks like a young Leo DiCaprio to me. So that's probably why you want to punch him. Oh, probably. Because I didn't like Leonardo DiCaprio when he was younger either. Yeah. So it says, an ambitious young executive is sent to retrieve his company's CEO from an idyllic but mysterious wellness center at a remote location. But he soon suspects that the spa's treatments are not what they seem. Um, so it looks like a lot of like kind of body horror type stuff, which is where the teeth come in. Uh, but I really want to see this. I think, I think it's one of those movies that is either going to be one of my favorites of the year or it's going to be awful. Uh, and I'm not sure which one it's going to be. Um, and it's two and a half hours long. So I really hope it's the former. You made it longer. Last time you told me it was only two hours. It says here. No, I didn't. Because two hours is normal. I wouldn't tell you. Oh, my God. This will be so long. It's two hours. You didn't say, oh, my God, it was so long. What I told you was like, there's another reason you won't want to see it because it's two and a half hours long. It's almost as long as silence. That half wasn't in there. Nope. Yes. No. So it's two hours and 29 minutes. So what did you like about the trailer? Why did you want to see it? Other than Jason Jason Isaacs is hot, which he is. Uh, I like the kind of. 
thrillers that have like that that double that double edge right like where it has some because in the trailer it gives a lot of like cultist type mm. feel to mm. it um so I always find those movies interesting where it's right. like somebody like, and you don't know what's real you don't yeah right yeah where it's like okay is this this person's paranoia or is it something that's actually like an actual conspiracy that's happening right um, it actually made me think of Shutter Island when I yes. first saw the trailer. No, yeah, that that's, first, and that's granted, what I was thinking. It helps that he looks like Leonardo DiCaprio. Maybe that's the connection there, too. But that was the first thing that jumped into my mind when I saw the trailer. Yeah. Um, and I really like Shutter Island. Like, that movie, I feel like people were split on. Like, some people really liked it and some people didn't. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. Um, so, hopefully, it's it's like that. Uh, well, I won't know now, apparently. I'll tell you. Uh-huh. It'll be fine. And then I'll get a copy of it. And we'll just fast forward through those terrible. <laughs> and I'll be like, and then he did this and it was awful. And Okay, and we're back. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, just like John Wick with the dog dying, like oh. gotta, gotta get through it. Um, so yeah, so those are the three movies. So it sounds like we have a no, a no, and a yes, or, it's or, a, I, or can't. I can't. Yes. <laughs> uh, for me, it's a no, a no, and a yes. So it's uh, all about Dave. That's right. So I'm really looking forward to a cure for wellness. All right. Uh, anything else to add before we end the episode or are you just over life today? I'm so over life today. Thanks <laughs> to that movie. Done. Oh my God. Doesn't like classic <sighs> film. So this is what we're learning through Brit's film education. She's like, these Pick movies better movies. It's, it's a really good movie. It's it's a fantastic movie. Mm-mm. It's got, it's meta score for critics is 96. Oh, good. It's so. got an 8 out of 10 on IMDb. People like it. You just don't like it. And that's okay. There are plenty of movies out there, I'm sure, that people like that I hate. But I don't think they're bad movies. So, so you want to go by that score after what you saw the score was for Contact? And you were so angry how stupid people Contact were. Contact is a really complicated, difficult movie. The French Connection is not. French Connection is very surface level, very focused. Contact is a difficult movie. Congratulations, plebeians. Oh, my God. Way to insult all the people <laughs> who like this movie and voted in the poll and really wanted you to see this. No one likes me anyways. It's fine. <laughs> wow. Way to, way to bring yourself down. I don't think that's true at all. Mm-hmm. People do like you. Nope. Actually. I just I just heard someone uh, apologize to you on a podcast today. <laughs> Why do they need to apologize to me? Well, <laughs> I will tell <laughs> See? you. See? No, no, I will tell you. They're talking about the Neon Demon. This is the AB Film Review. This is Bernadette, Andrew's Andrew's wife. And everyone, uh-huh. you should listen to their end of year episode. And they were talking about how I really like the Neon Demon. Mm-hmm. And she, I think, was already drunk. She was drinking bourbon. <laughs> and she said, you know, I just really like to be in Dave's body. Wait, that's someone I meant. Uh, apologies to, to Dave's to Dave's lady. That's that's not how I meant that. But she was saying she wanted to see it through my eyes because I really liked it, uh. and she really didn't. So people know you. People like you. Apparently, people are afraid of me. Apparently, people in uh, Australia really like you. You're big in Australia. You're like Hasselhoff in Germany. It's Brit in Australia. I don't know if I like that comparison. You jerk. Uh, all right. Uh, so that's it for this week. Um, next time we talk, uh, I will of course be doing an episode on the imitation game, as I mentioned, to tie in with hidden figures. So until then, I will be here diagnosing your favorites and judging you for what you know. I took like three weeks off and I didn't, I got, Sheila noticed, she's the only one who cared, but everyone else is like, yeah, it's fine, it'll be there when it's there. I don't think people are like every Thursday and Monday, like, refresh, refresh. Where's Dave? My sister looks cute and I